0: happy new year i i i don't know i i love i love new year's i I, you know christmas is fine everything but new year's is um ah, some of us we have personalities where we love to just start over you know where it's like okay let me just finish one thing and let me just start over again okay can we just forget 2013 happened and can i start with something new like i love that um, and I love that this is the first Sunday of the new year because some of you guys are thinking, "I already screwed up, right?" <laughs> like you, you thought this was going to be the start of the new year and it wasn't. But you guys, it doesn't count because it really starts on the first Sunday of the year. <laughs> All right, so yeah, <laughs> woo, man, so glad 2013 over. You know, 2014 really starts on the first Sunday. Um, so here we go. Uh, no, I, I, I'm serious, it, I, I love um, the thought that we could be starting down a new path for some of you. Today could be an opportunity for you to say, you know what, I'm tired of like hearing about other people and how amazing their walk with the Lord is. And I'm, I mean, that's great, and I'm encouraged by it, and I, and I love listening to people and learning from them, and, and I hear about the way they pray and God answers them and the connection they have with God, and it's great having all these mentors and this and that, but I want it for me this year. Like, like could this be the year where, oh my gosh, it's just God and I, and we were so close, It was just he and I. It's like, now I finally get what everyone was talking about. Some of you have been to church for years, but that's that's it. You've been to church for years. You've sat in services. You heard it from your parents, your friends, but you don't feel like this crazy intimate connection with God. And I've been praying, going, God, could this be it? Could it be this morning? Could something happen today where you go, you know what? This is it. This is my year that even if none of us were here in this room, or none of us were here in the city with you, it'd be okay, because you would be so connected to the God of the universe, and you were so sure that he heard all of your prayers, and so close. Man, why not make that this year? And not just some rah-rah thing, but, but like seriously making a commitment, connected. Maybe this is the year um, where some of you read through see my greatest times in my life are when I'm alone with this book Okay, I love it. I, I mean this is great. This is cool. Nice to meet you, but I love Man, I just love sitting with this book where no one else is around as just me And I can read this not just having other people tell me what it says and Convince me No, this is what it means. This is what it means No, I can just sit alone and read and go God would you just show me what it says and then I'm just going to do it. I don't care if there's no one else doing it. I want to do it like this. Because I remember ever since as a kid, I would read this book and, and I would always look at the church and go, gosh, it seems like two separate things. Like I want what these guys have. I want this type of connection and to believe that. And I'm telling you, those are some of the greatest moments in my life. And if you would just, you know, I don't want to make it all a discipline thing, but there is something good about just saying, you know what, I want to start my day with God. Every day I want to start with him. Maybe this is the year you read through the Bible. Do you realize it takes less than 10 minutes a day? Less than 10 minutes a day for the average American, and you can read through the Bible in a year. That's crazy. Less than 10 minutes. You have one, this isn't Asian guilt, this is, I'm trying to motivate you, okay? I just want to get that, you know, across. I'm trying to motivate because seriously, you guys, every day... We are given 1,440 minutes. Okay, God gives us 1,440 minutes a day. Every breath he gives to you. And it's like, man, can I spend 10 minutes of that 1,440 on it? I mean, if I gave you $1,440 a day and said, hey, just give me $10 back. Pretty good deal, huh? The, I'm not trying to sell you on this, but what I'm saying is it's not that hard. And even now, what I realized this year, I can push two buttons on my phone, okay? Like if, if I just push, uh, okay, I got to swing it over, to the Bible, push the Bible and it loads, and then uh, I have my read through the Bible right there. It just uh, has the monthly reading, and if you don't want to read it, then you can just uh, you can just push this button here, and it just it reads it for you. <laughs> Seriously, and so I can just be. Uh, now the Lord said to Abram, "Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great." <laughs> and you can listen to the Bible 12 minutes a day while you're driving, or maybe right before you go to bed, just hit play, and just meditate on the Word of God, and I I just want everyone to have their own relationship with the Lord, okay, where it's like, it's not dependent on the pastors here, or anyone else, but that you and God, you just get alone, and you hear His Word, and you go, God, that's so beautiful, I need to do something in response to that. Man, I want that developed in you you know to where we all just are madly in love with him individually then when we come together like this it's just out of control because we've all had these times with the Lord and then we all celebrate him together because I just meet so many people that it's almost like they live through someone else and I'm going gosh could this be the year where it changes where you just are so connected with God and so I I realize that you know, it's already January 5th, and so if you start reading the Bible, you'd be five days behind. But, man, take an hour today, and you catch up. You know, listen to the Word. Hear the Word. Get alone with God, and get connected with Him this year. You know, one of the, one of the most intriguing people in my life right now is this guy named Pat. And uh, Pat is a, he's, he's a, uh, what do you call it? He's, he has a marketing firm. Um, So businessman, but in his spare time, in his spare time, he goes out to the Middle East and to Ethiopia and uh, different parts in Africa and finds like the people that are absolutely starving to death. Okay, And sets up feeding programs for them. In fact, he measures the circumference of their arms to make sure it's small enough. I mean, Because there are places where it's, it's like, you know, if, if he knows they'll live another month, he says, sorry, I can't feed you. I only have so much food. It's only for those who are dying. He goes, he sets up medical clinics. He digs wells. This is all in his free time. And he, he he rescues children. I mean, one of the coolest things, they'll go to some of these red light districts where the prostitutes, where it seems like they don't have any other apparent way of getting by, and he pulls them out of there and educates them. And many of them become nurses and teachers. The coolest thing was I saw pictures of him walking some of these girls up the aisle on their wedding day. And I just thought man, there's nothing on earth I'd rather do than that. I mean, seriously, could you, can you imagine anything better than that? Going and rescuing these people. In fact, I'm going to Africa with them in a couple weeks, and I can't wait, but this guy who has done so much and always has so much joy, and he runs a rescue mission here in the States and everything else, I'm going, how do you do it? How do you do it? And he, he says this, he goes, you know what, Francis? He goes, I wake up every day, and I think to myself, this is going to be... The best day of my life and he goes and you know what it usually is and I thought are you serious every day that just sounds exhausting to me you know like I like having a few throwaway days and then it's like okay let me go you know but the thought that he seriously goes man every day I just wake up and I go because a lot of times I would ask him hey you know I'll text him how's it going And I'll get a text like, best day of my life. I'm like, man, I want to hear about it. You know, and then I realize he says that all the time, you know. (laughs) But he would tell you, no, I'm dead serious. It really is. It really is. It's that good. And and I think about how I sometimes I'll throw days away. Or I'll go, man, I can't wait till next Thursday because something's coming up. Something's going to happen then. And then I forget about everything else. And so, I don't know, just something you may want to consider is maybe praying that way. And saying, God, could you make today, I don't want to throw today away. I want this to be the best day of my life. I I do. I want this to be the best. I want to experience you more than I ever have. Even before I walked up here, I was thinking about a message. I'm going, God, do I really believe this? God, could this be my best message I've ever given? You know, I don't even want to say that because then you're like, eh, wasn't that great? You know, but I am back there going, God, maybe this is it. Maybe somehow, because it's never happened where I could motivate like a thousand people who would just seriously get connected with God and something spiritual would happen in this room. I'm going, God, could it be? Could that happen? I don't want to throw this away and go, oh, I got another speaking thing I got to do on Tuesday. Forget it all and go right now. I want this to be the best. You know, for you to go, man, I want this to be the most intensely I've ever heard a sermon, heard the Word of God, and took it in. But to believe it can be the best, and believe that that's the type of God you have that could actually make every day better, and every prayer time more intense and more intimate, to actually believe that. And that's one of the things I'm seeking after, even now. In fact, I want to read a passage to you that... um, it's it's kind of a bizarre passage and a lot of times I've heard people share about this passage or whatever or we read it and we go whoa that was kind of weird and then uh, and then we move on but I'm going this is real now we can't find it um, what is my problem supposed to be my best sermon um, <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) What in the world? And then I I told whoever's running the PowerPoint, I told you the wrong verses because it's not there anymore. I'm so used to just listening to it on my phone. Um, Okay, help me out. Where's the passage with the... um... Okay, I, I found it. Okay. It's Second Kings chapter six. I think I told PowerPoint person uh, it was or the sixteen, but it's six. Um, no, I told you fifteen. Wow. Okay. Second Kings six. And uh, okay, it's a story of Elisha okay there's a king that wants to kill him okay so this king brings this whole army to kill Elijah. one guy just one guy and his little servant and you know and this army comes and surrounds them to kill them in 2nd Kings chapter 6 and uh, in verse 15 it says when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out behold an army with horses and chariots was all around the city and the servant said, My master, what shall we do? And he said, Elijah says, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. Okay. We all admit that's bizarre. Okay. But usually we just leave it at that and go, okay, that's cool. Tell me another story. I'm going, no, let's Let's take this literally and let's think through, because this should have massive implications for us right now. Do you understand what happened here? It'd be like me standing here and and all of you came here to kill me. You know, and Dave comes down and goes, Francis, they all want to kill you. And I just hear you go, don't worry about it. I go, God, open his eyes. And suddenly Dave suddenly could see like angels and these beings all around the room that none of you could see and suddenly he go. Oh man. I didn't know that. I didn't Wow, I guess we're fine. Because there was this invisible world and then as the people who didn't see this start charging at Elisha, Elisha just goes, "Lord, would you just blind everyone?" And so he does. Like, do you do you take that literally? Do you believe that Right now in this room, there are things we can't see. That it's more than just this physical, you and I, that, that maybe God, I, I, I pray for it. I go, God, I, I, I would love to understand this better. I, I want this year to be one where I think and I live in such a way that I'm aware that this isn't all there is. I I love the way uh, 2 Corinthians, I know this one's in there, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says, he says, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. He says, even the stuff, like some of you, I know, you deal with serious, serious pain. But he calls it here, he says, those light and momentary troubles. Okay, and I know there are times when your, your troubles, your pain do not feel light. But but here he calls them, he goes, man, these light, this light and it's momentary affliction. It's momentary affliction. All of that, get through it. It's achieving this eternal weight of glory that goes way beyond your pain, way beyond whatever you're dealing with. But, But you're looking so much at the things you can see and feel and taste right now. And that's why he says, he goes, what we do is we look not to the things that are seen. Paul says, as believers, we shouldn't look at the things that are seen. He goes, because everything you can see, he says, it's transient. It's temporary. Do you guys all see this thing? It's not going to be here forever. Okay, everything you can see right now is temporary. He goes, but there's something else that's eternal. Those are the things that you can't see. My soul, I live on forever. This body doesn't. Like right now in the room, everything you can see is temporary. And Paul says, so don't focus on that. You know, even your pain and what you're going through right now, just, it's, it's okay. It's, it's temporary. Think about what is coming. I know Dave just talked about heaven and the future and everything else. And, and what the Bible is saying is focus on those things. Focus on the stuff you can't see. I mean, don't you wish, though? You know, I'm reading that passage about Elisha and, and seeing the angels. I, I was going, God, if you would just give me a second of that. I mean, wouldn't that be so cool if I prayed right now and said, God, could you just give us a glimpse for one second? That's all we're asking. I just want to know. I just want to see it. Can I see that world right now in this room? Can I look beyond the physical and just see your souls and not care about what you look like or what you've done or accomplished or this or what you own, but just erase all that and just see your soul and just see the spiritual world. Can I just erase everything else and look at that? When I read that story about Elisha, I found myself wishing I could have been there. And wouldn't that have been cool to be Elisha or his servant and just have those types of eyes to where, okay, I get it now. I get it. What I see, this isn't, this isn't it. I shouldn't even focus on this. This is all temporary. This is all transient. Now I see this other world. I understand that there's an eternal God. I understand that there are angels, there's demons, there's this spiritual world. I understand that it's not just about my physical body, but about my soul. But I wish I could be there. So many times I'll read an Old Testament story and I'll go, man, I wish I could have been there. Man, I just wanted to see one of those miracles. Like just that one would make my life. You ever think that? Like can I just see one of those? Or do you ever read, you know, about the life of Jesus and you go, gosh, just one day with him. What would it have been like just to see, just this one day and I read the New Testament. But here's the thing. Because I do that, and I'm sure you do it too, where you read it and you go, man, I wish, I wish, I wish. But what I realize is when I am longing for the Old Testament times or when I am longing for Jesus and, and walking with him like the disciples, then something is wrong with either my understanding or my experience of the Holy Spirit. Because according to Jesus, this time is better than that. We're supposed to, like, they were looking forward to our time. They were envying, going, man, I wish, I wish I could be there in those days when that happens, when the Holy Spirit actually enters into a person's body and changes him. And this is not just a, oh, grass is greener type of thing. No, Jesus himself said, it's going to be to your advantage that I leave. It's going to be better when I leave the earth and the Holy Spirit comes down and enters into you. So when I read the scriptures and I find myself longing for, oh, I wish I was there then, I wish I was there then, then I go, something is wrong with me now. Something is wrong with either my understanding or my experience of the Holy Spirit right now because greater things should be happening. This is what the prophets talked about. Ezekiel, I love this, Ezekiel chapter 36 Verse 26, he says, and I will give you, okay, this is future, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. See, this is God prophesying the future through Ezekiel. He goes, okay, I know, man, it's impossible to keep that law, isn't it? I give you these commands, you can't do it. Israel, you keep running away from the Lord, you know, and I, we keep sending prophets, miracles, everything else. But all of that's going to change. Okay, all that's going to change because a new day is coming. There's going to come a time when God is no longer going to dwell in that tabernacle, and that holy of holies. He's actually going to enter into people's bodies. His spirit is actually going to go within people and cause them to walk in their statutes and to be careful to obey his rules. Man, I don't realize how much the Holy Spirit is doing in my life right now. See, when the Holy Spirit enters into you, you can't just keep going on in your sin. He says, when that Spirit comes into you, He's going to make you do the right thing. He goes, wait till, wait till you see what happens in the future. You think some of these miracles are great? This is what He's saying in the Old Testament. There's going to come a time when I put my Spirit in people, and He's going to transform them. He's going to change them. And, and, and if you read on in, uh, in Ezekiel chapter 37, it, it says that the Lord then takes Ezekiel and he puts them in this valley of of bones, like brittle bones, and he's walking around and these old dead bones are crunching together, and he tells Ezekiel, okay, now speak to these bones, and suddenly the bones start rattling, and they start coming together and joining together, and and, and you know, and, they, and God breathes on them, they walk around, he goes, this is what I'm gonna do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this new life, this spirit I'm talking about, you know, I." Uh, I brought, um, I brought some bones, some chicken bones from last night, okay. Okay, here's, um, <laughs> okay, it's okay. Um, everyone, I want you to, um, this is gonna be kinda creepy for some of you. I don't want you to watch closely at what happens to these bones. (laughs) All right. Nothing happened, but (laughs) but what if, okay, what if all these bones came together and suddenly this chicken starts (laughs) running around, okay? Let's just say that happened and I'll just leave room for that. But. (laughs) <laughs> what? I mean, c- just, I know this is crazy, but try to use your imagination. What if that happened right now? You'd walk out of here going, that's the best sermon you've ever preached Francis, <laughs> right? Okay. You guys, but seriously, I mean, it's, it's a terrifying thought. Like, what? No, you're kidding me. You, you can't take a rotisserie chicken and, you know, and have it just... Running around, you know, laziness, whatever—just all of, you guys. That's what the scripture was saying about this time that was going to come. It was—it was, it was going to be that miraculous and more, and that was going to happen to you who believed in Jesus. That it would be just as miraculous as those bones coming together and coming to life. The Bible says you were dead. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were like everyone else. You just kind of did whatever felt good. Oh, that seems like that would be fun. I'm going to do that. Oh, that would feel good. I'm going to do that. I want that. All of this, you, you, you. You're just dead in yourself in whatever you felt like doing. But then God, being rich in mercy, Because of his great love with which he loved you. He would make you alive in Christ. He would put his spirit in you. For those who believe in Jesus that he died and rose from the dead. That something new was going to happen. And you would have this power that would be just as, even more amazing than dead bones coming to life. People would see the difference in you. So suddenly you would hate the things you used to love. Like that is supposed to be the miracle that takes place in all of us. So if we're longing for the Old Testament, longing for Jesus, it's because we don't believe in this unseen world. We don't believe enough in these scriptures saying, God, I believe in Jesus. I believe your son died for me. I'm ready to die to myself. I'm done with the old me. And I want the spirit that was promised in the Old Testament, promised by Jesus in the New Testament. I want your spirit to inhabit this body. And I want these crazy things to start happening through me where I actually love your law. I actually, rather than spending my whole life saying, you can't tell me what to do, you can't tell me what I'm doing is wrong, I want to get to the point where I love it and go, okay, I was wrong. I love this. I actually desire and want to do what is right. Man, I remember in high school hearing about Jesus and thinking, man, I know, but all those rules I can't do this, can't do that. And here I am 30 years later going, man, I love these rules. I love these commands. Man, I can't even stray from them. When I try, I just feel sick to my stomach. And and it's like, oh, this isn't right, this isn't right. I want to get back to Jesus. I just want to get back to this power and walking. Why? Because that's something the Holy Spirit does in us. And I'm praying for that. I'm praying that for you, for you to believe in this invisible thing that happens and this invisible God that we can't see but the Bible says but we love him nonetheless I want that to happen in your lives there's this phrase um, that Peter uses in the Bible and he talks about some people in second Peter 1 he says they are so nearsighted that they are blind okay, think about that phrase he says these people are so nearsighted that they're blind. Like there are so many people on this earth, all they can see is the physical. All they can see is r- what's right in front of them. You know? And and it's like they I, I love that phrase, they're so nearsighted, they're blind. Like they don't see that this is all temporary. You're gonna miss out on the truth of what's really going on in this world because all you can see it's it's like if right now if my if my glasses broke you ever have something like that happen where your glasses break and suddenly it's like oh man these are expensive glasses and all day long you're just going man look at that i can't fix that they're not going to give me a refund suddenly you've Forget the fact that there are souls in this room. There are people dying around the world. Forget that your life is here on earth just for a little bit. And and, and that there's an eternity. There's a heaven. There's a hell. There's a future. There's this promise of being together with God forever. That through Jesus you have this. But no, you don't see any of that. You're just going, gosh, my glasses. You know, that's just He says, people can be so nearsighted that they're blind. And I just want you to consider, are there things in your life right now that aren't even going to matter in eternity? You're not going to care, but that's all you're looking at. You're blinded by it. It's thrown right there in your face. And as we start this new year, I'm going, God, can you help us? Help us to see beyond the things that we're so focused on and maybe we've become so nearsighted that we've become blinded to the things that matter. I feel like God used different things to open my eyes to the things that matter and I thank God for that. As some of you know, my, my mother died giving birth to me, um, right here in San Francisco. And there's something cool about that to me. One that she gave her life so I could be on the earth, but the other thing was immediately I knew this life, it's temporary. Okay. You know, I've got five kids, my oldest is eighteen, I thought, man, my my stepmom died when I was eight, my dad died when I was twelve, you know, just temporary. Life is over. And then as a pastor, I was doing funerals It seemed like every other week. I'm flying down to Southern California to do another one this week. It's just, you just go, this is all transient. Everything you can see right now is transient. It's temporary. And what the Bible says is you need to focus and stare at the things that are unseen. And my prayer is that God would do to you like he did to Elisha's uh, servant. Where he would just open your eyes, and suddenly you'd get it. It's like wow, everything I've been blinded by, I've been so nearsighted. I'm saying, let go of that world, focus on the eternal. I want to do something with you right now. Um, I was studying this this passage just two weeks ago. That's why I decided to share it with you. But I did something I'd never done before. And I don't know if we can do it in a large group, but let's, let's try. But, okay, I've been a Christian for like 30 years. And two weeks ago, I had a prayer time with God that just took it to another level because I focused on this passage. And what I did was, you know, no one was home at that point. And I just shut my eyes. I said, God, help me. Help me to forget about anything that I could see right now, okay? Let me just erase everything that's temporary. I go, God, help me to just do this, to focus on the things that I can't see, to stare at the unseen. And I start thinking, what's left? What's left, okay? Forget that even the floor that I'm standing on, the hardwood floor, forget the window that I know is in front of me, forget everything. What's left? Forget even my body that's going to be in the ground any day. You know, forget about all of this. And I just started thinking, what's left? What's left? It's my soul. It's you in heaven. It's the souls outside of this room. There may be angels, demons in this room that I can't even see. These are the things that are eternal. And I just started praying like my soul to God Almighty. and just going, God. It's just you and I. We're going to be together forever. It's just you. You're the one that sent your son to die for me. You and me, let's just connect. And I just began to praise him. Worship him. You know, Jesus says when you, when you pray, when you worship, you got to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I think sometimes it's good to be in a posture and on your knees. And I do that often and on my face. just to, It's almost like a, a picture of what my soul is feeling. It's like, God, oh my I'm before you. This is crazy, but it's all just an outward expression of what's going on in here as I'm worshiping and connecting with God and going, God, okay, so you're real. You're not, you know, one of these transient things that scripture's talking about. You'll always be there, and I'll always be there, and we'll always be together, and here now I'm talking to you, and man, I just had one of the best prayer times literally of my life. And I'm going, God, I want to keep going down this track, I want to keep going down this track where you get closer and closer and closer to me. And so I'd like us to have a time of prayer right now. Um, we just want to try this, that, that maybe it's a start for you of something new. First of all, understand the only reason why we can even approach the throne of God you know, is what we'll be going through in a little bit, which is, is because of the body of Jesus. The Bible says that God, the invisible God, came down and actually took on flesh that we could see, and then that his body was broken for us on that cross. This is the only reason why I can come before this God is because of what Jesus did. He came, took the form of a physical man, was nailed to a cross to die for our sins and then he rose and ascended to heaven and then sent his spirit down to us those of us who believe and he says what I want you to do is I want you to remember me by taking a piece of bread and breaking it remembering that me the invisible God came down and took on flesh and my body was broken for you and then I poured out my blood It should have been your blood but I poured out my blood for you because I love you that much. And what Jesus says is, is, I want you to remember me. I want you to take the bread and remember his body. He says, I want you to remember my flesh. It's physically acting out. Showing God by faith we believe in you. We believe in you and that's why we take this bread and this cup. And we're going to do that in a moment, but right now I want you to pray. Again, to the invisible. This is going to take faith for you to say, yeah, Jesus, I believe you died on that cross and I believe you rose again. So therefore, I believe according to scripture that I have access to the throne right now. Would you just bow your heads right now? And right now, just forget about anything you could touch right now or see. Just stare at the things that are unseen. As you erase everything you could physically touch or see right now, just from your very spirit, speak to the God of the universe who created you. Confess, praise, do whatever, I don't need to lead you, just pray to him. Father, even though we don't see you, we worship you right now. We know that you're in heaven, and we believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us. He came down and took on flesh and died on a cross for our sins, and that's the only reason why we can come into your presence right now, God. What an honor to speak to you, Almighty God. So we just leave the material world for a moment, and we just focus on you, the eternal God, the invisible God who dwells in unapproachable light, we worship you here. Thank you for Jesus. And God, as we remember you now, I pray that you're honored. I pray that we would sense the presence of Jesus with us. I pray that the dead would come to life in this room, that dry bones would take on flesh and life, and God, those who've been trying so hard to change patterns by themselves, they would finally give up and say, I can't do it, I'm dead. I need your spirit to enter into me. Give me a heart of flesh. Put your spirit in me so that I would actually love your law and I could do nothing but obey your law, God. Change us, transform us like dead bones coming to life.